Welcome to our service podcast. Each week, we will have a different presentation, including different chants, different speakers, and different Dharma messages. In this program, we will participate in both seated and standing meditation, sutra chanting, and a Dharma message. From this program, we hope that you can gain some insight into the Buddhist teachings and into yourself. We will begin uh, sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Uh, Most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, uh, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why uh, each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles uh, represent bells uh, for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing uh, from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters, and each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor. So this is different from English. And the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U, and they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then uh, you'll see... uh, Italicized lines, uh, those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlined character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, This is a form of meditation uh, rather than silent meditation. We're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless and you'll begin to memorize it uh, without realizing it. Today, we're going to chant the Shoshinge on page 63. This is the Gyofu style. It is more elaborate, more melodic. Some people love it. Some people maybe don't love it. It's a little harder, but it's more melodic. It has more of a rhythm. So in that sense, it's more enjoyable to chant. It has more dynamic range. It's more active. And here we have the musical lines when necessary. So whenever we change a section, We'll put up the new melody if necessary. The Shoshinge was written by Shinran Shonin, the founder of the Pure Land Jodo Shinshu tradition in Japan in the 11 and 1200s. This is his kind of magnum opus. It's 60 couplets, 120 lines of seven characters each. So again, a giveaway that you are chanting a verse or poem. 
and it comes kind of in different sections. He begins by kind of explaining the basic teachings of the Pure Land Way, and then he talks about the seven Pure Land Masters, and then he closes uh, with saying, take refuge in the great teachers of the past. And so we chant that from page 63 all the way to page 68. And then we jump to the Nembutsu Wasans. Also, uh, these are poems that were written in Japanese. So everything we've chanted so far has been in either Pali or Chinese kanji. Now we're going to actually chant in Japanese. Shinran wrote these in the vernacular for the Japanese people so they could read it and understand it. So this is a very poetic explanation of his religious depth and spiritual consciousness. And there's leader lines, and we go all the way from page 76 to page 81. And again, we close with the koku, but the melody's a little bit different. And if you can read music, you're in good shape. This is a little bit more involved but it's a very meaningful. And then another example of melody is on page 69, Shoshinge and Sofu style. In general, every fourth line goes down. And then there's also a Zendo portion that becomes more melodic in both the Gyofu and the Sofu style. Uh, that's on page 71, the third measure. Zendo, Dokumyo, Bushoi, Koai Josanyo Gyaku Aku. But just listen along. Don't worry about perfect pitch. And again, we come to the end on page 72. And again, jump to the Wasans on page 76. And all of our chanting, except I think for the Mita Sutra, is all in English. We have English translations, either in verse or prose, or sometimes both. But you really need a commentary or a teacher to understand it because it's very uh, non-literal, it's very symbolic, it's poetry, and it helps to have somebody kind of explain the metaphors and the analogies. So we will begin our chant now. Oh, 
Oh. 
Namo Amidambu Namo Amidambu Namo Amidambu Namo Amidambu Namo Ami
Please join me in Gasho. Namandats, 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 Namandats. Skillful questions. It is not always the answer that teaches us. It is the question asked, which is often more meaningful than the explanation. The Buddha's approach to teaching must be open to his followers' questions thus helping remove or resolve doubts in their minds. Buddhism is a questioning way of life, always asking us to challenge our assumptions. One of my favorite responses to the question, what do Buddhists believe in, usually from the knock on my door by Seventh-day Adventists, my answer is nothing. 
Of course, that is a conversation showstopper, as they always insist we must have a creed, a belief system. I suppose dogma rules their universe. Buddhist teachings do not start with a fact or a principle, but with a self-evident problem. How to put an end to suffering, which gives rise to responses like, why am I suffering? Or who knows how to stop this pain? The British philosopher Alan Watts, who popularized Eastern philosophy for a Western audience, asserted that man suffers only because he takes seriously what the gods made for fun. So before we can respond to the question of suffering, we must first clarify and admit our ignorance of our disease and then accept or reject the Buddhist solution. If we accept, then we must test if this answer solved our problem to see if it actually worked when incorporated into our daily practice. And now finally the difficult part, verifying and measuring if that was the final solution to our problem. To help us overcome our ignorance, we need questions to help pare down the potential answers until, through trial and error, we discover the solution that fulfills our wish. Think of the silent pauses that are difficult to recognize and appreciate, but they are there in the musical score as the questions, and the notes that follow are the answers. Buddha's approach to this Q&A puzzle was to be completely truthful and to provide suggestions that would cure the problem. He would choose words that related to the person's level of understanding. He wanted individuals to recognize the truth and usefulness of his thoughts and hopefully become independent Dharma thinkers, able to overcome ignorance on their own. According to Albert Lowe, a Western Zen master, Buddhism does not give answers. It adheres to no dogmatic philosophy or theology but it will help you come to your own answer, one which will not consist of words, definitions, or theories, but will be a new way of seeing yourself and the world. In conclusion, just one more Alan Watts quote, problems that remain persistently insoluble should always be suspected as questions asked in the wrong way. Please join me in Gasho. Namanda, 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 Namanda. This concludes this meditation service. Uh, I hope you feel grounded. I hope you feel different than when you began. And this feeling you have, uh, I hope you take it with you out into your everyday life. Uh, it's important to develop these qualities in a controlled environment like this podcast. But the aim is for the effects to begin to bleed out uh, into your everyday life uh, naturally. Uh, my wife once sent me a meme on Facebook that said, uh, yoga works, but only if you show up. And I feel that way about Buddhism and about meditation. Uh, it surely works, uh, but only if you stick with it. And uh, you have to get to the point where it becomes something natural and effortless in your life. And if you have high expectations and you're trying to rush the process, uh, you actually retard uh, your ability to change over time. Uh, you don't want to grasp it. You don't want to hang on to it. 
You just want to experience it uh, in a regular practice and integrate it into your everyday life. So thank you very much for coming. Uh, I will close with Gasho. Hands together and we will bow. Today's program was presented and produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. Minister Assistant Ron Tabor. Reverend John Turner. And Reverend Ellen Crane. Executive Producers Reverend Marvin Harada and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. Anaheim, California, USA. Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. This program is copyright 2021 by the Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved. We hope you'll join us for future podcasts, or please check out our Buddhist online program at everydaybuddhist.org. Our website is ocbuddhist.org. There are Dharma messages that you can read on the website, and the online program has a number of Buddhist education courses from introductory level to the study of Buddhist texts. If you've never attended one of our meditation services, we are located at 909 Southdale Avenue in Anaheim. Thank you for joining us today.